Well, we're back at it for another week of Big 12 football talk. I'm Pete Mundo. Thanks so much for joining us. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. And it's so great to have you on board. This thing is growing through the radio show, the podcast, every week because of you. And we appreciate you helping spread our word. As we talk Big 12 with you every single week. Before we get it rolling, just a reminder, uh, please leave us, guys, that rating, review, subscribe to the podcast, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Appreciate that a whole lot. And we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail if you do it. Uh, just send me an email of that uh, rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And I will get the koozie in the mail for you. Always appreciate it, guys. Well, you know, I got a couple of tweets over the weekend about... Oh, you know, trolling me, and I can take it. I'm a big boy. You can find me on Twitter at Pete Mundo. And um, first off, I got some blowback for my picks this week. I went two and three on the picks. I hit KU covering against Texas. I hit Baylor covering against Oklahoma State. I lost the TCU K-State over bet. I lost uh, the Iowa State Texas Tech under bet. And then I lost... West Virginia covering against uh, OU. Let me just point this out real quick. If Austin Kendall hits Letty Brown in the flat for five yards, which was a wide open pass, West Virginia covers in those final couple of minutes. Terrible pass by Austin Kendall. And then if um, Iowa State does not have a holding penalty called in garbage time against Texas Tech in the end zone, Tech doesn't score its final touchdown on my under hit. So, you know, I mean, I was close, man. I know it's not horseshoes, but geez. I was right there on those picks. I was literally two fluke plays away from a four-in-one week. Uh, the K-State TCU over was a bad job by me. It was looking good early, but such is life. Uh, but one, one, one thing I got flack for on Twitter, I got this from a couple of people, saying the worst take I had this offseason was that the conference has closed the gap with the Big Two in the Big 12, meaning OU in Texas. And I'm going to defend myself on that one. You know, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong, whatever. It's okay. Um, You live. I'm going to move on. It'll be all right. You know, it'll be a-okay. Don't you worry. But on this one in particular, I think the gap has closed. It just hasn't closed with as many teams as we thought it might have closed with. And it's closed beyond OU. Now, it hasn't closed between OU and the rest of the conference. But I would say that Baylor and Iowa State could play with Texas right now. Now, you want to say it's not fair at this point because Texas is banged up. All right, let's just say Texas is completely healthy. I think that right now, if all else is equal and the teams are you know, all of the same health, OU is a clear number one in this conference. The defense has separated itself. There's no doubt in my mind the defense has separated this OU team from the rest of the conference. So I will take flack for that, that the rest of the conference, that OU has not come back to the rest of the conference. But the idea that Texas right now is in the same uh, universe as OU is just not fair. Now, you can point to last week's game when Texas covered the spread, and I picked Texas to cover that spread. But if you watch that game, really watch that game, are you going to come out of that game and tell me that OU and Texas are on the same level? I don't think you can. I I just I don't think that you can come out of that game and come away thinking that OU and Texas are in the same stratosphere. They're not. There's OU 
And then I think you have three really good teams in Iowa State, Baylor, and Texas that could all end up playing for a Big 12 championship game in early December. That's where this Big 12 conference is right now. And then you have another drop-off to Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, TCU, Kansas State. Switch up the order however you want to switch it up, but that's where this conference is right now. There's a one, then there's a clear second tier, and then you kind of have tier three slash four, whatever you want to call it. But that's where this conference is at this point in time. And let's say this, too, about the Texas game, though, last week against Kansas. The best thing that could have happened for the Big 12, and that's for OU, that's for everybody in this conference, was for Kansas to not win that game and for Texas to come back down the field and for Dicker, the kicker, to get it done. The Big 12 desperately needed that to happen. You know why? You could not have a team playing in a championship game that lost to Kansas, who has been the worst Power 5 team in America for nearly the past decade. I know the team's getting better and the program's getting better, unless Miles deserves credit for that. And new offensive coordinator Brent Deerman deserves credit for how this team played last weekend. No doubt about it. Not second-guessing that at all or questioning the steady progression of this KU team this year. But the Big 12 could not find itself in a situation where OU's playing Texas in a rematch of the Big 12 championship game, and Texas is sitting there with a loss to KU on the resume. It could not happen that way. No way, no how. That would have been a huge black eye for this conference. So I always say this. I don't root for teams in the Big 12. I root for the conference. I want all these teams to win their non-conference games, and then I want what is best for the conference moving forward. And I'm just being honest. That's the best thing for the conference on Saturday was for Texas to come back, to get that victory, and to you know stay with just one loss in the Big 12 to Oklahoma. Now, who plays in the Big 12 championship game against OU, and yes, I am going to go out on a major limb here, guys, and say that OU is going to be playing in the Big 12 championship game, all right? You want to tell me it's too early? I'm sorry, it's not too early. It's just not. Um, But who plays OU in the Big 12 championship game is not as relevant to me at this point because you could find yourself in a situation where by the end of the season, OU is playing either Texas, Baylor, or Iowa State in Jerry World in early December. And guess what? Any of those three teams could be ranked in the top 15 and maybe the top 10, depending on what happens the rest of the way. So that's entirely possible that OU is going to have another chance at a good top 10 win, and if at worst, a top 15 win. And that's why the Big 12 system makes perfect sense to have a true round robin with the top two teams in the conference going at it on championship weekend. Look at what's going on right now in the ACC. The ACC is a joke, and I always get the uh, conferences mixed up. I, you know, I just don't care enough about the ACC. It's, it's, it's horrible. But it's the ACC Coastal. The ACC Coastal right now, uh, look at the standings. I mean, you're going to have possibly Clemson playing who? Uh, Virginia? You could literally have Clemson playing Virginia in the ACC championship game. Or Pittsburgh. I mean, that's embarrassing. That is pathetic. And the ACC in general is pretty pathetic. But that is even more pathetic. 
The Big 12 has it right. You've got the top two teams. You have another chance at a top 10 or top 10 or a top 15 win, and then you go from there. Even the Big 10. Imagine the Big 10 did that. You could get Ohio State, you know, Penn State in a rematch game in the Big 10 title game. I, I really believe that the rest of these conferences, it might take them some time, the rest of these conferences are going to go the way of the Big 12 which is playing the top two teams against each other. If you want to have divisions just for the sake of it, I guess, but I scratch all the divisions and just do it true one versus two because it helped OU last year get into the college football playoff, and I promise you it will help a Big 12 team again at some point, whether it's OU this year whatever it might be, it will definitely help. Instead, the Big 10 is going to have like, Ohio State or Penn State up against, I guess, Minnesota, who's playing pretty well this year. But, you know, with Wisconsin losing this past weekend, is Minnesota a team that Fox or ESPN want to have in a conference championship game? I'm sorry. That's uh, that's not ideal. <laughs> not ideal for the TV network bigwigs. I promise you it's not. All right. Uh, the, the talk of the week as well, one of the teams that's getting a ton of attention this week, and we'll get into Baylor, but the team that Baylor beat, Oklahoma State, is uh, finding itself in a very, very precarious situation right now. Uh, Mike Gundy is getting a lot of flack from the fans after this loss to Baylor over the weekend at homecoming weekend. And let's look at this number for Oklahoma State. The Cowboys are 10-13 and 13 in Big 12 play, dating back to the OU game in 2016. 10-13 and 13 in conference play, dating back to the Big 12 or the OU game in 2016. It's not good. Those are not the standards that Mike Gundy set for this program in the earlier part of this decade. And there's a little bit of restlessness going on with this uh, fan base right now. And I, I, you know, they should not turn on Mike Gundy. Guy's a hell of a head coach, and he deserves a lot of praise for what he has done with this program. But here's what's happening. The Big 12 around him is getting better. And you have a mixture of of just younger and, I hate to say it, but maybe hungrier head coaches. Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Matt Rule at Baylor. Tom Herman at Texas. Remember, Texas was basically a 500 team for nearly a decade up until last year. So Texas was not the blue blood it had always been, and that allowed teams like Oklahoma State to you know, beat them basically year in, year out for the better part of five to seven years. That's not the case anymore. Iowa State's a legitimate team in the Big 12. Baylor's come back. Um, you know, the bottom half of the conference right now are the teams below, if you want to talk about that. Oklahoma State are struggling, but I think Kansas State is going to be good under Chris Kleiman. I think West Virginia under Neil Brown is going to turn things around. And West Virginia was certainly good the last couple of seasons with Will Greer, a quarterback. And, you know, Texas Tech is going to build its way back up. And TCU still got, I think, the best head coach in the Big 12 in Gary Patterson. So this is not a conference where you can, you know, sit there and rest on your laurels. You just can't do it in the Big 12. It's, it's, it's too good and too deep of a conference to let that happen. And, you know, Oklahoma State has found itself in this weird situation where for the better part of the last, you know, two and a half going on three seasons, it's been a middle-of-the-road Big 12 team. The numbers show that. 10-13 and 13 in the Big 12 in their last 23 games. And those are not the standards that Oklahoma State fans have come to expect. And I understand why they're frustrated. 
I don't think there's anything you do about it right now. But, you know, Mike Gundy's working with a new offensive coordinator in Sean Gleason, a new quarterback. He's got Jim Knowles as his defensive coordinator who, uh, to be fair, he, he rolled Jim under the bus a little bit in the Big 12 teleconference this week when he talked about those big plays they let up in the second half against Baylor. He was, he was not happy with Jim Knowles, and he said as much in the teleconference. But one thing he also said in that teleconference is, uh, don't expect any changes at quarterback. Spencer Sanders is not going anywhere. Hey, Coach, have you, is there some sort of a common thread in some of these turnovers that uh, Spencer has had? Well, he's dropping the ball in the pocket, uh, and he was much better. He was out of control at uh, Tech, and he was in good control in this game until he dropped the one, they picked it up, and ran it in for a touchdown. And that's what we worked on with him for two weeks. And we'll work on him. Uh, we'll work with him every day. That's that's the area he needs to improve. Uh, I talked about it last week in the uh, in the press conference that if he'll just take care of the ball, that that's half the battle right now. And he was good right up until the end. So we just got to continue to work with him. That does not sound like a coach that's ready to bail on Spencer Sanders for Drew Brown, and and nor should he. You know, I trust Mike Gundy. I trust him to know who the best quarterback in the room is. By the way, he looks like he's justified in not playing Sanders um, at all last year in what could have been his redshirt year. And you know what? At this point, let's be honest, Oklahoma State's 1-3 in, in the Big 12. They're 4-3 overall. If you still believe in Spencer Sanders, you leave him in there and you work through these lumps of a freshman season. You have to do it. Now, if you think you got some stud in waiting there and you think that Drew Brown's going to light the Big 12 on fire, then I guess give him a shot. But barring that... You stick with Spencer Sanders, and that did not sound to me like a head coach who was ready to make a move. Uh, and I don't believe, frankly, that he is. I'm not, I'm not seeing that one bit based on what I heard right there from Mike Gundy. He said we're going to keep working with the guy, and he's got to get better at that. And you know what? Gundy seems okay with it because that's how it works with freshmen. So we'll keep tabs on that for you. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. There is so much happening in this Big 12 conference. We have a new team back in the top 25 or a new old team back in the top 25. We'll get to that and much more coming up next. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly. Hey guys, it's Pete Mundo, and as we get going with conference play here in the Big 12, we're going to be placing all our bets with mybookie.ag, and I hope you will as well. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the absolute best. They've got the latest lines for the Big 12, and you can even continue to bet as the game goes on with in-game live betting. That's pretty cool. I'm going to be trying it this season. So if you join my bookie now, you'll double your first deposit with the promo code BIG12. That's BIG12 to activate the offer at mybookie.ag. You can't beat it. They'll double that first deposit with a minimum deposit of $45, maximum deposit of $1,000. And you can try that parlay. I always give it a shot. Got to be honest, doesn't end up too well. But it's fun, and that's what this is about. So check it out, mybookie.ag, promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, for a 100% sign-up bonus, mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. So is this Oklahoma Sooners team finally poised, not just for another run of the college football playoff, but actually maybe a national championship game appearance? 
I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. We always appreciate you joining us here on the show. So Joel Klatt and uh, Gus Johnson, they were calling the OU West Virginia game this past weekend. Listen to what Joel Klatt had to say following the game. He's the uh, game analyst for this one, does a great job at Fox Sports. Here's what Joel Klatt had to say after this win by the Sooners. Kenneth Murray is an outstanding player, and if he continues to play at that level and bring that defense along, create some pressure on the quarterback, then they can play, I I would say, stifling defense at times, and it's a defense that I think can uh, help them win a playoff game. I think this is Lincoln Riley's best chance at a national championship. Of the teams he's had, they've had some great teams, there's no doubt. But this team is more complete. They're complete on special teams. They have a defense now that can rise up and dominate at points during the game. And their offense is still as potent as it ever has been. And Joel Klatt's right about that. You know, I I know that um, OU has lost a game the last couple of years that they probably should not have lost, that they were favored in, whether it was Iowa State as 38-point favorites a couple of years ago against Kyle Kempt or last year against Texas. Not nearly as bad a loss, but still a a solid favorite in that game. I have a hard time seeing that happening this year. You know, I'm just trying to find that game. Maybe it's Baylor in November. Maybe it's Iowa State in November. Uh, Back-to-back weeks, that's certainly not easy for the Oklahoma Sooners, but you just have a hard time seeing it. You do. So here's now the question moving forward for the Sooners. And as much as I think Jalen Hurts is not the quarterback of Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray, I was thinking about this the other day. Is Jalen Hurts actually better suited to help this team win a national championship than either of those two guys because of his running capabilities? And because in a one-game situation, a one-game scenario – against teams in the college football playoff who have never seen you before. I mean, they had the tape, but they haven't seen you before. I guess in Alabama would have seen him before because he played there. But, you know, let's just speak in generalities here. A team who has never seen you before in an Oklahoma Sooners uniform is Hertz's game better suited for that. And then when you factor in this defense and how much it appears to have improved with Alex Grinch, and you look also at what's going on with the special teams, It's coming together. Now, if this year's team had last year's offensive line, I mean, holy hell, it's game over. Uh, No doubt in my mind. And the offensive line is still incredibly good for OU. It's just a lot younger than last year's was where you had what? The entire offensive line or four-fifths of the offensive line, I think it was, outside of Creed Humphrey, went, um, went to the NFL draft in like the top four rounds. Unbelievable. So OU fans right now have a lot to be excited about. But you've got Iowa State at home and then Baylor on the road in back-to-back weeks. It's going to be very tricky. It's going to be very tricky. And those are the two weeks that you're eyeballing here for OU if you're a fan there. And obviously, um, you don't overlook K-State. But the good news for OU is you've got a bye week next week. So typically, you don't overlook teams when you go into a bye because you want to go in feeling good about things, energetic, and you know not having two weeks of your head coach ripping your rear end because you lost a game you were 24-point favorites in. I mean, that's not a road you want to be going down. By the way, uh, Big 12 football 2020 schedule came out this week, if you missed it. Interesting here, um, the Bedlam game, OU-Oklahoma State, is going to take place Saturday, October 24th. So mark your calendars there. But in looking at this, uh, here's the best weekend of games for me. 
Uh, it's Saturday, October 10th. That is OU Texas weekend. Now, that's not the only reason. Because in that weekend, you also have Iowa State at Oklahoma State. And, you know, I think the next year, and I know Oklahoma State's having a down year, but I think of next year, if Spencer Sanders can continue to grow and improve, uh, this Oklahoma State team at home against Iowa State, who's still going to have Brock Purdy and Brees Hall and that defense as well, a lot of those guys will be there. Uh, That's going to be one of those games that helps define who might be able to give the top of the conference a run for its money. So that's Iowa State or Oklahoma State, Saturday, October 10th. Then you've got Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas at K-State. You know, that's interesting early in the season, right? Get the Sunflower Showdown going. little pizzazz there. I like that. That's fun. And maybe both these teams are looking at bowl eligibility or more next year. And then TCU at West Virginia. Uh, Both TCU and West Virginia – should be vastly improved over this year and what they're bringing to the table. So uh, it's only four games that weekend, Saturday, October 10th. But that's one where, you know, you sit there if you're a college football fan and you're like, please no weddings. Please no, I don't know, baby showers, whatever it might be. Saturday, October 10th, as a Big 12 fan, clear it out for me, baby. Don't touch it. Also, uh, the first conference game of the year is pretty early. It's Saturday, September 12th. Kansas at Baylor, only one game, one conference game on that Saturday, September 12th. Then you go two weeks later, Saturday, September 26th, you get K-State at West Virginia, Texas Tech at Iowa State, and then Saturday, October 3rd is your first full Big 12 slate. And by the way, next year, Baylor at Oklahoma, Saturday, October 3rd? Uh, think about that. Uh, you know, that's got a lot of potential to it. That could be, you know, Big 12 championship preview type stuff on Saturday, October 3rd with Baylor on the road against Oklahoma. That is a very interesting game. Not to get you, you know, 12 months ahead of time here, but just having a little fun, planning out my tailgate schedule. I know many of you might be already doing that as well. So got to be prepared, man. Got to be prepared. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Let's do it. Let's preview week Nine. Oh my goodness gracious. Week nine in the Big 12 coming up next. All right, guys, let's dive right into it as we look at the four games in the Big 12 this weekend, and I'll give you my picks. Hey, it's Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. All right, let's take these games in order. Start with Oklahoma on the road against Kansas State. So I think OU is going to win this game straight up. i got to be honest, I'm not overly concerned about whether or not OU goes and takes care of business in Manhattan. But the number is at 24. Uh, there's something else I like better in this game, and that is the over 57. So think about this thus far. Kansas State's defense is the ninth best rushing defense in the Big 12. They've got a good passing defense, but the rushing defense is not there. And then you look at, okay, I've got an Oklahoma offense that is one of the best rushing offenses in America, averaging over 270 rushing yards per game. Uh, That is a great sign for the Sooners. And then you think to yourself, okay, I've got Oklahoma going into a bye week. I mean, this team scores 40 points at will. They want to put on a good show going into that bye, and I don't see that changing at all. 
on Saturday in Manhattan. I think what people are looking at, because the numbers actually come down, the over-under numbers come down, I think what people are looking at is they say Kansas State's defense is pretty good and OU's defense is getting better. But here's the thing. Kansas State has played, if you look at their schedule to this point, they have not played great offenses. They have yet to play OU, Texas, and Iowa State, the three best offenses in the Big 12 Conference right now. So uh, the stats are a little bit skewed when you say, well, K-State's got a really good scoring defense. I'm not totally buying that uh, just yet, especially when they were outgained by 100 yards last week in that win over TCU. When you look at the numbers of last week's game against TCU, K-State should probably not have pulled off that win. Now, kudos to them. They did. And they deserve credit for that. But I, I just think that this number at 57, I mean, if OU does its usual thing and scores 40-something points, you're telling me K-State can't put two scores on the board, even if one of them comes in garbage time? I, I mean, I don't see that being a problem at all, especially if Malik Knowles can play. It gives them that downfield weapon that they used effectively in the second half last week against TCU. I mean, K-State can put some points on the board here. And in this matchup, uh, the Overs hit in eight of the past 11 head-to-heads and five of the past five matchups in Manhattan. The weather is going to be great. Overs hitting 13 of 20 OU games dating back, 63 and sunny. No complaints there. Give me the over 57 in the Oklahoma K-State game with OU winning outright. Let's move on to Texas and TCU. This may be a sucker bet. I don't care if it is. It's too obvious to me, and I'll explain why. I'm taking Texas minus a point on the road against TCU. I, I, you know, Maybe I can't help myself. Maybe I'll regret it. Uh, that's entirely possible. But guess what? Texas is a team that right now almost lost to Kansas. People might be down on them. To me, that's a wake-up call. Texas got its scare. Tom Herman has probably been riding the hell out of these guys all week in practice. Malcolm Roach came back in that second half, by the way, for Texas against Kansas, and, and he made a difference in that front seven, slowing down Puka Williams. He was out because he was suspended for the first half uh, due to an illegal hit against OU the week prior. So he comes back. Defense looks much better. And don't forget this. In conference play, Texas has the number one red zone offense and defense in conference play. The defense has not been good in allowing big yards, but they've been good in the red zone. And when you're talking about a one-point spread, that matters. All right? That's a big deal. Also, Texas's uh, vulnerability right now is in its secondary, and there's nothing that I've seen from TCU's offense that makes me think that they can exploit a team's secondary. I think that Max Duggan uh, has the potential to be a very good Big 12 quarterback, but it's just not happening for them this year. It's just not. I'm sorry. It's not happening for them this year. And if you're the Texas Longhorns, while your secondary's backed up or banged up, I don't see how TCU exploits that based on what I've seen out of them this season. So I know that there's a lot of smart money, wise guy money on TCU at home, but I don't see it. I think Texas got the scare that it needed last week. And, you know, this is not the TCU defense of previous years. When you look at that schedule for TCU, they have played Kansas and Kansas State, two teams that will probably finish near the bottom of the Big 12, and the one good offense they played, Iowa State, they gave up 50 points. All right? So, and SMU is a good offense. They gave up 41 there. 
So I, I'm sorry. I just I don't think it's the TCU team. Some people think it is right now. And I'm taking the Texas uh, minus the one. And if that's a sucker bet, so be it. Oklahoma State on the road against Iowa State. Uh, Brocktober. Brocktober. Am I going to bet against Brocktober? No, I am not. I'm not going to do it. Right now, this Iowa State team is one of the most uh, efficient teams in America on both sides of the ball. Yards per play, they're in the top 10 in offense in the country and top 15 on defense. The only other team in the Big 12 in that category is the Oklahoma Sooners. That's it. The Iowa State run defense has given up 3.3 yards per carry. That's tops in a Big 12 play. Oklahoma State needs Chuba Hubbard to have a good game, to have a chance. And the Iowa State run defense, uh, dating back to the last couple of years under John Heacock, has been, if not the best, one of the best in the Big 12 by a wide margin. Also for Oklahoma State, the turnovers are a mess. Oklahoma State is minus 7 in turnover margin in just Big 12 play in seven games. That's worse than the Big 12 by a large uh, large margin. They've had 12 turnovers in four conference games. Now you're going on the road to Ames, Iowa. That is not a good situation. On top of that, the red zone offense for Oklahoma State is ranked eighth in the Big 12. Meantime, Iowa State's red zone defense, second in the Big 12. 41% of the bets are on Iowa State right now. Um, more bets are on Oklahoma State, but the line keeps moving in Iowa State's favor. That tells me the smart money is on the Cyclones, and I am joining them at minus 10. Now, if you're seeing 10 and a half, uh, to be safe, I would buy the half a point, to be totally honest. I don't want to sit there with 10 and a half, needing 11. Give me the 10 at least if you can get it. But, um, uh, you know, this Oklahoma State team has some issues right now. And Matt Campbell's got uh, he's got a fine-tuned machine that's running right now up in Ames. So I'm taking Oklahoma State at home in the month of October to cover the 10 points against Oklahoma State that's got itself some problems right now. Lastly, Texas Tech on the road against Kansas. So um, here's the deal in this game for me. Kansas, I think, is going to have a hangover. I think that they went on the road. They almost pulled it off against Texas. Um, they're going to have a hangover. Texas Tech is desperate for a win. You know, they should have beat, or their fans will argue, they had a great chance to beat Baylor a couple of weeks ago. They play a great Iowa State team last week, and you know what? They, they kept it relatively close, couldn't pull it off. This is a chance for Matt Wells to get this team back on in the win column. He has kept this team motivated throughout the year, even when they were down like three scores last week. They keep fighting. They push back. This Kansas run defense is 10th in the Big 12. Meantime, Texas Tech has done a pretty good job running the ball. Uh, you know, don't overlook this uh, Texas Tech run defense. It's been pretty good. How do you say his name? Thompson, the uh, running back there? Surandoric, am I saying that right, Tech fans? Uh, you know better than me. But yeah, he's been he's been good in the backfield for him. The last three games, Texas Tech has rushed for 162 yards, 168 yards, and 148 yards against Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and Baylor. Especially those last two weeks, 300 combined rushing yards against Iowa State and Baylor is a good number. I think Tech covers this spread, uh, which is only four points. Yes, it's on the road, but I think that Texas Tech has a good defense led by Jordan Brooks that can slow down Puka Williams, and I think it all comes together uh, this weekend on the road against Kansas. So there you have it, the picks. Oklahoma, K-State over 57. Texas minus one at TCU. 
Iowa State minus 10 at home against Oklahoma State and Texas Tech minus four on the road against KU. That's it for us this weekend, guys. Enjoy the games. Please, if you have a moment, it'll take you like 30 seconds. Leave us a rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Helps us out tremendously. I will send you a free koozie if you do it for me. Uh, if you just send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Appreciate you guys so much. Enjoy the games. And we'll talk to you for our recap podcast that drops on Sunday. Don't miss it. We recap all the games in the Big 12 from the weekend that was on Sunday. Hit that subscribe button, and we'll talk to you guys then. Thanks so much.